Well, good morning, beloved. I am going to pray before we get started on this text. I know you're all very surprised by that. Uh, gracious God, we are so grateful that you have welcomed us into this time of worship, that you have prepared this table for us. And as we enter into a time of reflection on one of the many things that you are teaching us, we ask that you would help our hearts to be open and humble, that we might receive that which is true from your word, from the person, Jesus Christ, from our God, the divine son. We thank you for your presence among us, for your care for each of us, those of us gathered here and those of us far away. We trust that you are doing a new thing in us. In the name of Christ, amen. So when I was in high school and in middle school, maybe elementary school and middle school, I played softball for many years. It was like a local team, and I played with a lot of girls my age who were Catholic. So when the time came around for them to be confirmed, they were swapping stories about religion classes and rituals that I was an outsider to. So I got to listen and learn to their experiences. And many of them at this point also received gifts for this significant moment of confirmation, like jewelry. And I remember seeing, coming to practice one week and seeing a lot of different new cross necklaces symbolizing that all of these girls that I was friends with had gone through this spiritual milestone. And wearing a cross around your neck is not a new practice. And this is true in both Christian spaces and in non-Christian spaces. And historically, there is some discussion about how this practice got started. There is some evidence to believe that the Vestal Virgins in certain Roman temples would wear crosses on their neck. Some think that it was a practice relating to a secret society where they would wear the Greek letter tau, or that it would be used as other like cultural or religious symbols. But sometime after it became safe for Christians to be public about their faith, which would be sometime after Constantine's adoption of Christianity in 313, people began wearing the cross around their neck relating to their faith as Christians. And for those of us who grew up in mostly Christian communities, we might not think much about this. But I have to tell you, wearing a cross around your neck is an odd practice. If I were following a leader, whether political or religious, and they were violently killed by the powers that be, I doubt that I would wear a small metal pistol, a guillotine, a bottle of poison around my neck. This seems like something that those who are opposed to the leader would do, but not the one who gave up their life that I follow. To publicize and commemorate the death of an enemy is expected, but to publicize the defeat of your leader, much more unusual. So today we're going to think about the cross and what Jesus tells us before his death that might help us understand what is brought about by this death for God and for each of us. We're going to read from the book of John, chapter 12. We're going to read from verse 20 through 33. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, 
Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went up and got Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and found Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must also follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And the crowd standing there heard it and said that it was like thunder. And others said an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. And now the enemy of the world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. So reflecting on this passage from John chapter 12, one central idea that the text reflects to us is that God's glory, God's fullest glory was coming, but it would not come before death. Glory in its fullness would not come without this death, and with that glory came so many more things. And the first part of the reading might slip past you if you're not paying attention to it because of the strength and impressiveness of the latter words of Jesus. And we know that this story in the timeline that John gives us is just after the triumphal entry. And some Greeks indicate the ethnic heritage and likely their status as non-Jewish converts who approach the disciples, and they ask to see Jesus. And specifically, they ask beforehand for Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, which is a Jewish area, but Philip bears a Greek name. So maybe they knew him, or maybe they overheard others speaking to him and hoped that he would be sympathetic to their outsider identity. But regardless, we get these Gentile people who have an interest in Jesus and then Jesus says that the hour has come. Jesus is speaking specifically about his death, but the timing in the text also lets us know that the presence of these Greeks, these Gentiles, was not an accident. It is almost as if in this moment he says, okay, we're all here, we're gathered, now we can start. Jesus, who came to bring all people to himself, can die and be glorified and bring all people in. This invitation to Jewish and Greek people alike was an invitation to participate in death, a death that had not yet come, and to join him in future glory. And therefore, we know that this death of Jesus is part of how the kingdom and work of God brings about inclusion. And more than just an opportunity to be included in God's kingdom in a new way, the death glory of Jesus brought community 
to the people of God. Jesus himself nods at this in John 16, this community when he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. He's explicit in saying that without his death, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there is no promise of Pentecost, no building of the church. There would be no fulfillment of the prophecies about what this spiritual community would look like. The Spirit binds believers together and is seen in community in specific and exclusive ways, in contexts where individual faith and practice is incomplete. Jesus' death paves the way for community for us, for those who came before, those who will come after. And if this hypothetically were a normal movie script, the death that Jesus suffered would have been the end of a short life. And he would have been filled with shame. We would experience through the screen the shame of the circumstances of this death. Instead, what we find is that that death becomes glory instead. With this death is life, and not simply the life given at the end of all things, at the resurrection of all people, but this life is found in this moment, in freedom from sin, in the chance to live a holy and righteous life. This freedom gives way to the liberation of others who are suffering. This life out of death multiplies more and more. And as more people know, more life is found in death. More unexpected even from glory in dying is life in dying. So what is this glory that Jesus dies for, that which God receives, which serves as a marker of the truth of the divine. The inclusion of all God's created people, the community of the saints, and life given to each believer. Looking at the statistics, we would assume if there was a moment when Jesus would draw all people to himself, it might be in the feeding of a large crowd, in majorly crowded Jerusalem at the triumphal entry at any other moment even in his ministry, but it is at Jesus's death, at this moment of sacrifice, when the curtain is torn in grief of God and every person invited in. This death is that promised glory. As people who are often hesitant to examine death, even we must begin to see from this story that it is not just what death is, but what death can do, what glory can be brought about. And that glory is all of us moving towards a new earth, a community filled with anyone who calls on God's name, no exceptions. And the cross is a demonstration that power was not just found in the life and example of Jesus, but even found in the death of Jesus. And this revolutionary idea demonstrates to us that God can make a glory out of any grief or brokenness. You might feel as if there is too much death, 
in your life, in your relationships, in your spiritual connections to God. There's too much brokenness. There can be nothing here, but God says there can be glory in that death. There can be glory in that death. After all, the last enemy that is to be destroyed is death itself. And in this case, a death that is transformed into a path of welcome, of community, and glory to our God. Amen. You've been listening to me, Pastor Kana Moore, at Hayes Christian Church. Hayes Christian Church is a non-denominational fellowship in Hayes, Kansas. We are supported by the generosity of our members, attenders, and friends. The financial support we raise goes to projects which further spread the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus, to those local, national, and international missions, and they help keep these podcasts free. If you would like to share a monetary gift with us, please visit our website at hayeschristianchurch.org and click on the donate button. Or you may mail your gift to P.O. Box 1111, Hayes, Kansas, 67601. If you have any questions, comments, or would like more information, we would love to hear from you. Simply go to our website and click on the Contact Us form. Thank you for your generosity, and may God bless you as you seek to follow Him.